Welcome to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. My name is Jonathan Cook, and today I have with me Brian Jenkins. Good morning, everybody. Today we're going to introduce our new podcast. This is this is the very first episode of our podcast. We're pretty excited about it. Today, uh, Brian, I, I wanted to introduce who we are, why we're doing this, and, and so on and so forth. Brian, you are a master property manager. Yeah. Why don't you uh, explain a little bit of what we're trying to do here today? Okay. Well, I guess maybe first I should uh, explain what master property manager is. So what do you think? Think we should go there first? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. So uh, so we're professional property managers. We belong to uh, our professional organization. It's called NARPM, uh, which stands for National Association of Residential Property Managers. And their highest individual designation is the designation of master property manager. And uh, I, I have the uh, privilege of being the only active master property manager in the state of Alabama. So that's pretty exciting. We're all members of NARPM. Uh, it's, it's great for our industry. And uh, so just a little bit of background on that. So you know what you're talking about. That's, yeah. I think that's uh, the key At least I think here. so anyways. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we decided to make a podcast because, in my opinion, um, and Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, what we have noticed dealing with... The owners of properties. Uh, we've 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 started dealing a lot with investors from all over the country, and it seems to me they all kind of run into the same pitfalls, traps, accidental issues that they didn't even know they were going to run into. And what I would like to do with this podcast is really help get information out there to the new investor or the old investor that that maybe has been struggling along, hasn't really looked for any additional information how he's doing it, but he's making some money and he thinks he's doing okay. Or just the, the guy out there that would like to know better from a property manager's standpoint, what yeah. they could do better in investing in properties to make sure that they're making the most profit out of this situation. That's exactly right. I mean, we don't, obviously we don't have all the answers, but we can help make the uh, journey and uh, property ownership a little bit more pleasant and a little bit more profitable for you. So just tips and tricks that we picked up over the years. You know, my background is I've been at it for about 19 years. And then uh, we brought Jonathan on board to be business development. And again, I I think going back to your earlier point, Jonathan, I I think there's a, I think there's a little bit of a, a need, I think, from listening to podcasts myself. I think there's a need from a property managed perspective property management perspective to an owner of a property and just talking to them from that from that standpoint and just making sure we help them do the best job that they can do and just learn skills and, and what to look for pitfalls more pitfalls and yeah. skills I think, so I also think because I've been a, I, I got my real estate license initially about a decade ago and have been on on and off in real estate and had a background with my family in real estate. I've been in the real estate game for quite a while. There's there's a lot of stuff when it comes to property management that, that I think a lot of people that might be listening to us right now, they think they have in their mind, well, I know what property management is, right? Right. Like, oh, that's yeah, right. yeah, man, manage your property. Yeah, that's, collect a rent check. Let yeah, that's, in, so. it's, it's self-explanatory. <laughs> it's it's definitive in, in the word itself. Well, it's not, though. But that's something that I have definitely learned doing property management, that the little... 
little bitty things that I would had not ever thought about needing to know how to do. Yeah, it's all in the details. So it's not the, you know, we're all familiar with the basics of property management, but how do you how do you build systems around that? How how do you scale the operation to be effective across several hundreds or thousand properties or whatever the case might be? Because our, our organization, we, we manage almost 1,100 single-family houses across five marketplaces, and that's a complex operation. But there are larger operations out there. There are smaller operations out there. There's anything from individual landlords to boutique shop or, or property management firms all the way up to big bulk. So we want to kind of fill in what we see on a day-to-day basis. And again, back to the pitfalls, what you can expect, what to do when the unexpected occurs, and really why it's important to have a good partner and a property manager, because I think that could be the most important piece, because you can find the property, you can close on the property, and you're a long way from done. Absolutely. Then the money making or the money losing. You can even find the tenant and still have issues. I I think that is really what puts us in a unique perspective, going back to what you are just talking about, there's different kind of property managers from from monstrous property managers that deal with way more properties that, than we currently do, But and down into your aunt who happens to got, have their real estate license, and, and hey, you know what, I can go collect a rent check for you. There's, there's everything in between, which yeah. I think really puts us in a unique perspective because we don't just deal with the monstrous, huge conglomerate corporations that's buying hundreds of properties. We don't just deal with those. We deal with some people that have a ton of properties. Right. We don't just deal with your aunt and uncle that, that had to move out of their house because they're downsizing or moving to Florida. But we have those people as well. I think that really puts us in a unique perspective of we've seen managing properties from, I mean, just about all kind of angles, yeah, just about I mean, everything that is. We, we can do individual reporting for the person that has one property all the way to very complex reporting for those that are publicly, their REITs or hedge funds or whatever that are reporting publicly. So so it's, you know, it is, it can be as complex as you want it to be or it can be as simple as you want it to be. And I think that, so we've just got a unique skill set that we can uh, speak to investors of all levels. So whether you've got a lot of experience or you're just getting started. I think you'll find our education pieces are going to be beneficial to you. Sure. So let's let's get into really, I think it would be interesting to talk from a beginning standpoint. New investor, blue sky, brand new, brand new investor. He or she has some money to spend. They they have extra income, but they work. They, of course, that's how they have their, their income. Why is this person, this new investor, I think it's important to understand why they should really put money into properties in general. Yeah. And I think a lot of people starting to listen to us probably already understand that concept, but there might be someone that stumbles across us regardless. And, well, it's profitable, profitable powerhouse properties. Well, okay, what's the deal here? Why, why should I be investing in real estate as a whole? And I think that is a really important touchstone that needs to be, I mean, just up from the start, why why a new investor should be investing in properties, regardless of if it's with us or someone in California, New York, Detroit, right. it doesn't matter. Right. Why is property such a important thing to put your money in? You can always make money in real estate. I think that's a, coming from a, a just, just a known place and just understanding. And it's kind of like what happened back in 07 and 08. And 
really what happened with the rental market. You know, and that's when I got started. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was in the middle of that, and um, you know, saw both sides of it. I saw some investors that were over leveraged on property, mm-hmm. and their end goal was to sell the property. And unfortunately, you know, they found themselves upside down. They had some short sales. We saw some foreclosures, just a little bit of everything. But for those that were in it to buy and hold and lease and were positioned so that their so-called mailbox money coming to them every month, that's a term that's thrown around, mailbox money, your rent check and and what your, your profit is, your cash flow month in, month out, versus the other type of investing, which is purchasing a property for the equity gain. And, and we've all and, seen and that. combination of the two, maybe. And we've all seen that on TLC, the yeah. flip this homes. Yeah. The, and I, I remember probably back in probably 07, 08, maybe even starting back in like 05 and 06 when the market was insanely good. Yeah. Um, I think that's when we first started seeing those kind of shows pop up and people getting really excited about, ooh, I can go flip a property. I know how to swing a hammer. And I think that's where it really, I think that's really what, got the that kind of earworm going that 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 mentality of ooh I need to go buy these properties I need to go make money off of these properties and I think that from my standpoint I mean and I'm 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 a younger fella I'm I'm in my 30s I remember when this kind of swing really hit with like in public knowledge of I can make money in property I mean Donald Trump's been doing it for years before this but but I think the 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 public knowledge of this. Yeah, I think that launched public awareness. Yeah. You know, just to the individual level that, yeah. hey, I can go out there and do this one house and I can make X amount of thousands of dollars. And I think that is the only way that most people think of it when they think of making money is buying a house low, yeah. putting a new granite countertop in there. That's basically what they all think because that's what you watch on TLC. Yeah. Yeah. Put in a granite countertop, sell it, and make $50,000 profit. Boom. I was in and out in a week. I think that's the... That's part of the pitfall. I think that's where we start with this, guys, <laughs> that's not how this works. And I think that's where we can start coming in. So there's you, a couple, I mean, a couple different strategies. So we've, so we've worked with investors over the years that we term them as accidental landlords. And what that means is they've moved out of property they lived in and they've moved away. They've relocated. They've decided not to sell. And then they've, they're looking for another option. And that other option is to lease the property out. Yes. Professionally managed. Or manage it yourself, and uh, so those those options are out there. So, and we've we've gone kind of from that, which along with that brings an emotional attachment to the house. Yeah, because it was theirs. Because they, yeah, their it kids was theirs. There. They lived there. That's right. Their yeah. kids have got a door. They've got a mark on the door jam about how tall tall their kids are. Sure, you know those uh, type this is, things. This is where this is where my son had his first broken arm. Or, that's right. That's right. And that's not really, even though it's become by default, it's become an investment property. That really didn't start that way. Yeah. So the true investment property is one you're buying for the purpose of investment, whether it's buy, hold, and lease, mm-hmm. or buy and then retail, resale. Yeah. So you know whatever whatever the case is, you're just buying it as an investment. Yeah. You have no emotional attachment to it other than your money. Absolutely. Because that's emotional. It can be. No. So from that, we we actually have some clients that over the years have gone from one home to the second home. And then once they make the leap to the second home and they have success in us, leasing that out and managing it for them, 
and then buy that third one yeah. and the fourth one. And, you know, this is happening over years. And then we have other people that look to close 20 deals in a year as an individual. Or we have, We've got those that look to yeah. close 20 deals in a week. In a week, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a combination of all things. But I think, again, just a great place to start, I think, is where we focus on the person that's just getting started and what maybe what are some things we're looking for to be successful. And give them options, not just buy it, flip it, sell it, but right. the, the buy and hold strategy, the the mailbox money idea, which I think it's not a new concept, certainly, but, but when I started property management, that was like a new, like, oh man, that's such a good idea. The, the cash flow concept of properties was something that I'd never even considered before property management, yeah. before I started working in property management. The idea of you can make money on a property without having to get it back on the market and sell it. There's plenty of ways to make money on a property. There, there, it's not just one. There are. And there, and you can turn around and leverage that. Not over leverage it, but you can leverage sure. it to your advantage to move on to the next one. So I've done that myself. Yeah. And uh, it works out well if you're, if you're staying within the ranges that you need to be staying within and just keeping your eye on, on your profitability. So I think all of that, and that is a huge, huge, huge portion of investing and a huge subject to delve into. And I think that is kind of the purpose of what we're starting, right, Brian? That's what yeah. that's why yeah. we're doing the podcast. Because there's so much with each individual portion. If we if we jump down the rabbit hole of of buy and hold strategy, we could we could talk on that for days. Days. <laughs> I mean for real days. We we could go into if we just went back to the TLC problem of, of buy it and flip it, we just did that, Brian. We have two on the market right this second yeah. that we've done that with. So we can spend another few days on how to do that. Yeah, and then there's the third component of, you know, that's most recent is buy, rehab, and then resell to another investor. And that's is that that's what we're calling turnkey. Right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah, the whole... That's a turnkey. That's, turnkey products. And that's, that's kind of a, you know, that's... And it's I'll a little say, secret, it, it seems yeah, like. It, it, seems, it almost is. It almost seems like it's this this, this little hidden network out no, there. Nobody knows about this. Yeah. So we're going to... Don't, don't, let, don't let anybody know how we're making $10,000 in 90 days, how to do this. That's right. So, we're, so we'll take time as we roll this out, and we'll talk about each of those things and, uh, and spend the time on them. And I think the other thing that we're going to try to do it's just provided education piece to say we talked about like bringing in some of the services we utilize, some of those vendors that make property managers lives easier and actually protecting assets for owners and the importance of that and the benefit to the owner, benefit to the tenant. Just bringing those education pieces in as guest speakers on our podcast, just so the listeners can get the benefit of it and understand, hey, that's an excellent service and this can save me hundreds of bucks each year. And that's little things that I don't think, I mean, even pitching out these larger concepts that we just talked about, mm-hmm. I think... A lot of anybody that's kind of started looking into real estate is making money can at least grasp the concepts that we just laid out, the the buy and hold, the flip, the turnkey. I think you can grasp what those are and you have an idea in your mind of how to do that. And that seems like, oh, well, that's kind of cut and dry. And if they talk about that for, you know, 60 episodes or so, I might get some tips and tricks to learn how to do that better. But it's not even just that. There's so much more that goes into each individual portion of that, like, once you do have a tenant, Brian, how do we make sure that they're not going to ruin that air conditioner? How are we going to make sure that they're changing their air filters on time? Or what about their smoke detectors? What about insurance? These are little things that 
I think when you first start thinking about making money in, in real estate, you understand the con- the high-minded concepts of, oh, I'm going to turn key. Oh, I'm going to flip. Oh, I'm going to buy and hold, and I'm going to make my capital gains eventually. Like yeah. I think those are the, the high-minded concepts, but I think one of the big things is we can bring in that nitty-gritty, okay, yeah, you're doing that. We get it. That's what you want to do. You have an idea in the numbers of how to do that. Let me show you how to take care of all the in-betweens when it comes yeah, to Well, it. we call that the 10,000-foot view. So yeah. you're, you know, you're looking at it from the viewpoint of 10,000 feet and saying, that, yeah, I can make money doing this. She sure but can. The truth of the matter is, if you don't go about it correctly and have the right partnerships and policies and procedures in place, you can go about it. You can start to go about it correctly, and then you yeah. end up going way off track. And these little little things just eat away at your profitability. So that's that's the education piece in understanding that there are some pitfalls. Just how to sure. manage those, and how to identify them in advance. And we don't know everything, no. so that's why we're going to bring in. We've talked about we're we're going to bring in some some real experts on this. Absolutely, we're going to yeah. bring in people that that really know insurance, or I mean, the actual doing the work on the properties like when it comes to having a general contractor how do you find a general contractor brian how do you find one that's going to be good it's not as easy as you think it is oh my gosh no (laughs) how do you make sure that they do their work after you've sent them that check i mean that's those are the little things that i think when we're bringing in experts and and guests that that really know this right that's something that i'm really excited to bring to just the general public, anybody that's listening to this, that's that's the man. I'm excited about letting these people hear. Just in, in other investors, I would. I'm really excited about getting some other investors that have done this, and have made money doing this, and have been doing it very well and successful over yeah. a short period of time or a long period of time. It doesn't matter. Just somebody that's been doing this, getting that knowledge out there, and yeah, sharing we're, that experience. We want to bring all this to our listeners, and we're looking to. Again, just just bring that education piece and just share the information, and uh, I, I just think it's a it's a great place for us to start. And we talked about experts. I mean, one of the other things that we talked about was bringing in a CPA to talk about, you know, the tax ramifications that is of owning so- <laughs> owning rental property and leasing those properties, and, and what does that look like? What do you need to be aware of? It would, I would really, I had this mental picture in my mind of the, the listener that's listening to this episode and has been like, oh, I'm following you, I'm following you. And once you said taxes, they went, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. That happens. It does. And so that's, that's why we want to get this information out there because there's so many things that you don't think, you don't even think to think about. You don't know that you don't know. Yeah, and the idea is equip people before they buy the property so they go about it correctly on the front end. And that'll make our jobs easier. It, that's true. That's true. I mean, Jonathan and I actually uh, met a potential client once that actually bought the property and then brought it to us without doing any of the background, not oh, knowing man. tax implications, not knowing homestead versus non-homesteaded and the individualized property tax piece of it, not knowing anything about insurance. I mean, there's so many different dynamics. Didn't even didn't even understand the market. That was no. my that was my favorite part of it. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Just that bought I'm, it because it was a nice property. Yeah, in a it, nice it area. looked pretty yeah it was well was it it was very pretty but but what did you buy it below market is there room to make money on it yeah no are you living in it then no well you have relatives living in it let's talk about why you thought this was going to make money yeah well and i think i think that's the most important part in the investor's decision making is to determine what you want to buy and why you want to buy it what's your strategy are you looking for the mailbox money yeah are you looking for 
the rent, not necessarily to cover your mortgage and insurance and taxes and everything associated with it, but just buying that mortgage down and paying it down so that there's an equity gain in the future. So I think you have to determine what your strategy is as an investor. Sure. And I like to say, forecast yourself out for five years and figure out what you want to be doing. And make it realistic. Make it measurable. I think five years is a good, that's a good target. I mean, I think you can still plan for 10-year, but but you still need to look at it from a five-year standpoint of, I mean, even if you're really looking for if you're just trying to turnkey, you're not going to look at each individual property in a five-year standpoint, but but you can look at your strategy and your plan in a five-year category of, all right, I'm going to turnkey this many properties per year. I'm going to hopefully make this much net from each property, which I'm going to put back into this. And then what is your goal after that? Are you just trying to build a huge nest egg to do what with at that point? Because you clearly at that point understand that the best investment of all that money that you've made back in properties. Yes. And I, you know, so you're going to buy and hold after that? Line with that. I'm like, and really you don't even have to choose just one strategy. No. Because I know my wife and I actually have a couple different LLCs and one set up exclusively for the equity gain. Sure. And I'm not, you know, I'm just looking to pay the mortgage down. At some point, we'll sell the properties off. We'll reap the gain of those properties and those sales. But the other side of it, you know, is focused on Kind of the mailbox money. Yeah. You know, we want the cash flow each month. And uh, so both have their benefits. Both are distinctly different types of properties. But ultimately, we're doing the same thing. And we'll, and we'll get into, as we talk about, we'll talk about classifications of properties. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I'm talking about, one LLC that I'm looking for equity gain, that's typically an A-class property or a B-class property. And then typically, your your mailbox money properties are C-class or below. Sure. And, uh, and that's the ones where you can generate that monthly income above and beyond your expenses. But you're not going to experience a lot of equity gain when you go to resell that Absolutely. property in five or 10 years. And that's, so. that's I think, a portion that, that we could spend even more time on just on that portion of it. I, th- I don't think a lot of people realize that that the equity gain of a C-class property isn't necessarily going to be... Sometimes there are. Right. Like we have some really good examples in our city where there is definitely some equity gains in what used to possibly even really be D-class properties. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it. But that's not that's not the norm. Neighborhood by neighborhood, street by street. Yeah. I mean, it's coming up. But that's not the norm. It's not the norm. And I think people need to grasp that because I think yeah. the old concept of, well, if you buy property, property is always increasing in value. It's not. Yeah. There's some that you'll buy and... You'll buy it at, let's just use simple numbers. You buy it at 100, it's going to be at 110 years still. Yeah. But if you buy it right and you make and sure that's your that mailbox money. That's your mailbox money. Yeah. You've you got to make sure that you have property management systems in place to where that $100,000, it's not ever going to be $120,000. It's not even going to be $110,000. Right. But that $100,000 is going to continuously make you 1% yeah, back for, per month, hopefully. 100001 when you get yeah, resell. Maybe, so. maybe. <laughs> might be worth ninety nine, But it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter if the whole purpose of that was to be making you back that 1% right. every month. If you're making a thousand dollars a month off of well, kind of going back to that, so that fits into that that uh, mold of investor to investor sale Absolutely. we talked about, and and that's even a, a another model to where you're not. It's not that you rehab it to resell it to no. an investor. You've you know you've rehabbed it for your own use. Yeah. You've tenanted it, and then somewhere down the road, you're like, okay, I'm ready to get out of this market. Sure. I've got a tenant to property. I'm going to throw it out there, and investors going to gobble it up because you've got a performing property. Well, even if you have a performing property and you're not trying to even get out of property management, let's just say you need to liquefy that money to go buy a potentially better property. Right. That, that is going to make you your cash flow is fine. You're not worried about cash flow anymore. But now you want to make a huge return, and you have an opportunity to do that. Then that's a 
sell that property that's that's at one percent that you have been making money on that's been fine cash flow. But there, those there's another investor out there that's willing to take that off your hands. Yeah, and, and something else that goes along with that over the last few years. I mean, it's not just local to the market anymore. No, it's national. I mean, there are vehicles out there that allow it's global. It to be national it's and global. global. Yeah, it could be global. But but you can sell your property to somebody sitting in Reno. Properties in Alabama, and you're from California, and you can do it from your couch. Yeah. And boom, he's got another property, and all of a sudden he's expanded his portfolio into Alabama, and you've just liquidated your property. And neither of you have ever even been past the Mississippi. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy what the internet can do. Exactly. And that's that's what we're going to do. That's... That's our goal. Dive into all this stuff and just make it make it as fun as we can make it, and uh, just teach a little bit along the way. And uh, and we just we're always going to be committed to just bringing guests in yeah. that are interesting to everybody, absolutely and, and to us too. Because I want to hear, I want to learn. I mean, hey, I'm an old dog, but I like learning new tricks. And I want our listeners to be able to. We definitely, and we're going to have this set up soon to where you'll be able to communicate with us if you're listening to us. Definitely not live. But maybe eventually when we do some larger events and we record live, we're going to do that. We have some plans for that already. Yeah. But, you know, in between the weeks, if, if you're listening to this now and something has popped into your head like, ooh, I have a question about this, I would like you to be able to email us aside from just my regular old work email, which, of course, everybody can email me <laughs> anytime they feel like it. But I would like to have us a dedicated question inbox for the listener saying, hey, you were talking about this the other day. I have a question. So... Let's see what those questions are. I'd love to have some mailbag episodes. What, what are yeah. what are the people that are listening to us? What are their concerns? Let's see if we can answer them. Let's see. And, and some of these, sometimes you're going to ask us a question, and we're already going to have a plan for an episode that's really going to be diving into that. Sure, we'll have some of those. But I, I really think it would be great to have questions that we might not have planned for already, but, but we do have some insight on. So I think that's going to be our goal, and I think next week, this is our first episode, and I, th- I think next week we, we're – going to continue to just kind of expand on what we're talking about here. The next episode, the next actual episode that drops should be a guest episode, Brian. Is that correct? Yeah, it's going to be a guest episode. I think we're going to bring in a company we use, a service called Filter Easy. And uh, along with that, we're going to bring one of our HVAC vendors in that runs a, a just a great company. And they've got a lot of technicians, and they handle the bulk of our workload. And they're really professionals and, uh, and run their organizations. Both companies are awesome companies. And we're going to talk about the benefits of filter delivery service, subscription sure. service, benefits to the equipment, and yeah. what you can expect from the ownership standpoint. Yeah. How's that going to save you money? Why is it a great idea? And what's the cost involved? Because I would say, you know, just a quick tidbit is that even though you put it in your lease agreement for the tenant to change the filters, the reality of it is we'll get into it with Andrew when he's here with Filter Easy, but he'll he'll be talking percentages of, of tenants that don't change their filters Duh. compared to those that do. And we see it all the time. So that's, you know, we pick it up on inspections and such, but so that's, that's just a be, great service ad. Yeah. To that's going to be a preventative maintenance is really the, the high-minded concept yeah. in that. Yeah. And the cool thing is with this service, they've just gone to where they're, they're servicing the general public too. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's great. You can order a service for your individual house just to see what it's like. And you know that your tenant's getting the same yeah. engagement from them and experience so so everybody come back come back next week i hope you've enjoyed this this episode this is just our introduction we're gonna have a lot more of these we're gonna try and drop an episode a week maybe maybe three a month maybe four a month Mm -hmm. depending on what we can actually schedule and and accomplish but that's our goal that's what we want to do we want to have guests coming on every other week or so have have some 
professional industry expert insight on this. And, and I think it's important, Jonathan, to just briefly hit on something in regards to our company. What makes us unique? Yeah. The fact that we're across five marketplaces is unique in itself. Sure. There are a lot of companies out there that do that. But I would say the one thing that really makes us unique is our corporate housing company. That allows us to lease basically from Section 8 houses all the way up through corporate executive rentals. And those are furnished rentals and, and leasing to corporate execs You know that are in, in our markets for three to five years. And uh, we're doing leasebacks to corporations. So we handle anything and everything in between. So just general leasing to the general public, corporate leasing, Section 8 rental. So we do it all. And we do some light commercial as well. So we've, we've got a little bit of expertise in, in, uh, in all those categories. So as we talk about stuff, we'll be flipping stuff back and forth. So that if you, you know, if you're focused on that equity gain, you're focused on that nicer home and what does that mean? You're not necessarily covering your mortgage, but you're looking for that different, different type of, of leasing experience. And quite honestly, it is a different experience. It's a different experience over a normal rental, over a Section 8 rental. And we'll talk about what the expectations of each are throughout the series of of podcasts that we'll be pushing out. And that's like, I really want our listeners to understand. We're not just here to be a podcasting conglomerate, which will be, you know, my, my ultimate goal eventually one day is for everyone in the world to listen to us, Brian. But we actually, this is, we have a company, we do this. So that's definitely, if you are looking in the Birmingham area or the Montgomery area or Oklahoma City for Pete's sakes, look, look at AHI properties, look at AHI group as a whole, we can definitely provide a lot of solutions for the actual listener in our field. So if you aren't already using someone else and you're interested, definitely look into us, go to our website, give us a call, send us an email, something like that. Let's get in touch. Let's let's help each other. But Brian, I think that has uh, been a great introductory episode. I'm excited to to come back next week and yeah, do yeah, a lot more of these. We'll, we'll keep making it better and, and setting it up, as Jonathan said, so you can get a hold of us. If you have any questions right now, just listen to this first episode. You can go to our website and just put an inquiry in, and it'll come straight to us, and we'll get back to you. But it's ahiproperties.com. And uh, with that, you know we'll keep opening doors all over town. Until next time. Absolutely, guys. And uh, make sure that you love where you live. Thank you so much, and have a great day. See you later. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.